0: So this is a super messed up thought I had. Okay. I'm just gonna get a preface list with that, all right guys.
1: When do you never have a messed up thought? I feel like you've had quite a few recently.
0: I don't need this negativity in my life. Do it. Do it. Do it. Whatever you got, just do it. Okay. So, you know, right now, covid's kind of raging. Is that the word to use raging?
1: sure why not raging i don't know
0: okay so it, it's rate we're gonna use raging and as a result there has been you know some reduction in capacity for canadian teams right and to the point where i believe the winnipeg jets sent out an email to the different stakeholders they have I guess the review, season ticket holders etc say hey what would you what would your reaction be if we decided to you know move to Saskatchewan for a couple games where there are no restrictions in terms of capacity so they can have 15,000 fans right so that was turned down but that's not where I was going with this so where I was going with this is that the heritage classic is on March 13th Did you guys remember that?
1: I feel like I always forget that there's a Heritage Classic, in my opinion. I feel like you think of the Winter Classic and you forget about that there's another event.
0: Yeah, honestly, not a huge fan of it. But Heritage Classic, March 13th, and it's in Hamilton. And it's between the Buffalo Sabres and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Ontario right now has a restriction. And I believe it's like at 50% or something like that. It's actually a sold out event. The Buffalo Sabres have a sold out event, (laughs) and my messed up thought is, well, the whole point of the Heritage Classic is like, wow, what if it's like bringing back that childhood wonder and you play, you know, outside like, like the players did when they were kids. Well, isn't playing with no fans probably a closer react, closer imitation of what the players grew up playing?
1: nobody watching them kind of thing
0: yeah is that like more realistic
1: (laughs) (laughs) well isn't it it'll be different though right you don't have all the you know the money pair no like all the parents on the sidelines just you know watching their kids play or you know i i feel like it's it's not gonna make i feel like they're gonna there's gonna be fans like it's not gonna be an empty stadium in my opinion
0: is it just going to be, like, a bunch of, like, monitors hooked up and you just, like, season take holders just log into, like, their section and then they get to watch some TV from their section?
2: It's going to be cardboard cutouts
0: again. I mean, yeah. Cardboard cutouts. I never understood why people charged for them, but, like, I guess they need a revenue source.
2: I liked, uh, you can't do it in this one, but, like, when the NBA did their bubble thing, they had the video wall and everything. That was pretty... That was pretty cool, though.
0: I mean, why can't they do it? It's outdoors. The equipment would, nah. the equipment probably won't last. You need to last. You just have to last like two days one day for testing, one day for the actual event.
2: Yeah, but if something goes down, then you're going to have like tens of thousands of people just breathing down your neck. Ah, <laughs> did not consider that if if one thing goes wrong you your whole wall like you know it doesn't work you got the people who paid for it going hey we paid I don't know 500 bucks for our face on the video wall but there's no video wall it's cut out we want our money back
0: like realistically I think it comes down to money right like I get it right it's not cheap to put up a production like that like to rent the field to prepare the ice all that obviously it's expensive I get it so does it make sense to just push it by a year
1: i feel like maybe you know i'm normally the pessimistic one but at the same time i'm gonna be optimistic right today is what january 7th you said the heritage classics march 13th i feel like things can change by then like it's not gonna be i think yes it's something to worry about now because we feel like omicron is such prevalent it's raging as you would say but i feel like We we're maybe a little bit too far out to determine, you know, about rescheduling the Heritage Classic, right? Like, even pushing it to next year, I think is a little bit sketch. Um, Pushing it further down the schedule, maybe this year, if you know, pushing it a week, if that changes anything that could be helpful. I mean, I think we see it as an event that's going to be more risky for the fans than it is going to be for the players, obviously. Um, but I think we maybe we this is still a problem a month from now. I feel like it would be a good discussion. But I think right now I'm I'll be hopeful that they can still do the Heritage Classic. I mean, it's two months away things can change right like back in november we thought you know hey it looks like we might be getting out of this and now look where we are so maybe the other thing will maybe we'll turn around and by march maybe things will be a little bit better
0: what a sense of rationality to uh complete my rambling from jeffrey so with that beautiful sentiment let's start the show proper shall we You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. So we're going to continue a little bit with uh, COVID because that seems to what's dominating the world cycle right now anyways. We're still postponing games, right? So Ottawa, Vancouver, tomorrow, postponed. That means when Ottawa plays Edmonton on Monday, if that happens, Ottawa would have played once in the last 23 days. I'm not a gambling man, but if I did gamble, that's a pretty good chance that Edmonton wins that, right? (laughs) Like there's rest, there's rested, and then there's rusty.
2: But Edmonton's also like. Been a free fall lately, though.
0: We can talk about that in a bit, but they haven't played for twenty three days, though. Like that's almost a month.
1: Has it been? Well, it's, it seems to me like it's Ottawa's just unlucky because it's not necessarily dumb stricken by COVID. Like the roster looks okay. It's more like all the other games that they're fa like the people they're facing. All those games get keep getting postponed. Plus, you know. The The travel across, you know, uh, borders is obviously something that they also have to consider as well. But, I mean, I think, like, when we saw teams coming out from that, like, the holiday break, there was definitely a lot of rust. But I feel like, like I kind of like what Anson said, right? Like, Edmonton's its own free fall as well, so maybe it might not be as different as we think it might be. But uh, we'll, we'll see. So,
0: so this leads to my next question: If Otto beats Edmonton, Tippett's gone, right?
2: I want to say yes, but at the same time, it's who are you gonna hire to replace him, or who would you like, you know, promote to replace? Mike him? Babcock. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Babcock's still gonna run his contract out and then decide what he wants to do. Because he still has a few years left on his like contract with the Leafs.
0: Okay, but like in terms of finding a coach, I, I can't imagine that being that hard. There's a whole, there's always a bunch of coaches available, right?
2: You can always just go, hey, you want to con- uh, coach Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisido?
0: Yeah, like you promote within. Like I'm sure one of their assistant coaches would wouldn't mind getting a, a pay raise.
2: I think you should give the uh, head coaching job to Koskinen for the quotes he said.
0: Like it's not like they don't have you know experienced coaches behind behind the the bench right like they have Jim Playfair who's i think was a i think he was a Flames head coach yeah Flames head coach Glenn Gulutzan i believe at some point was also a Flames head coach um yeah like you've got two assistant coaches who both have NHL head coach experience right
1: I I think that, like, if we're talking about Tibbet, I think that, I don't know if it's he hasn't gotten enough from this roster or if they've just been unlucky in general. Like, just, you know, with Nuge out as well, and, like, they had their own bouts with COVID, so maybe it's hard to blame him. But I feel like they're probably, like, a massive trade away from doing something to, like, make a change before they go with T- Tibbet. Uh, being fired and like yes like you have you know your associate coaches and your assistant coaches who can you know step up in the interim but I feel like this is not a this isn't a team that you know one is like trying to miss the playoffs right like you see those interim head coaches mainly with uh teams that you know are probably not going to make the playoffs, right? But this is the Oilers. I think their goal is that they want to make the playoffs, so they're going to hire a new coach, right? Like, why are you going to promote from within if within is a problem?
0: Okay, how about this coach, Paul Maurice? I think
2: he, I think the fact that he just stepped down, like suddenly just he's want, is too tired. Like he made, t- like I said, just take the season off, and then reassess.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure Paul Maurice just said like they just weren't like he just knew it was time to leave because the you know the room wasn't reacting, wasn't getting like the reaction he needed anymore. Right? He never. I don't think he ever said he was like done. He just didn't feel it was just felt like it was the time to go.
1: Yeah, but I feel like at the same time, like, like after leaving that like the way he did, it sounds more to me. Like, I agree with Anson. Like, probably he will come back, but just not this season.
2: I'm just doing some uh, on the fly look checking here. But if guys like Devin Shore or Tyler Benson, they're like, you know, the third, fourth line guys, they're playing like eight minutes a game. Is it that they're just overusing their top line? And like, you know, if you don't have McDavid slash Dry Saito or they're not, you know, like if they're not producing, then you're fucked, basically.
0: Well, that was always the plan for this team, right, was you're relying on McDavid, you're relying on Dreisaitl, and to a certain degree, you're relying on Nurse.
2: Yeah, because, like, just looking at it, it's like, you know, you got your, your – the role players kind of, like, you know, Puyarvi, Hyman, they're – doing what you kind of expect like you know 20 points 21 kind of thing but in terms of like the bottom six guys it's like warren fogo it's 12 points
0: but here's the thing though it, like when you look at it it's a solid team if you look at name right you don't look at don't look at the numbers i know it's kind of terrible but if you look at the names it's a solid team which then the question is okay it seems like everyone's having a down year this year Maybe you gotta consider. It's not like it's the coach assault at some point, right?
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with that. It's like I I think like they have to. They're trying like you know what Pittsburgh did, right? You have your stars, and then you just throw darts at a at a wall and hope one of them sticks. And like, I mean, full goal, He's kind of turned it up a little bit now that he's you know actually playing with. I think he was supposed to be playing with like the top lines, but he ended up on a third line and just wasn't playing as much as he did back in Carolina. But I, I do think that, you know, they're still trying to figure out what's going to work for their, the bottom half of their lineup. And they just haven't found it yet. I would probably say goaltending is probably their biggest deficiency on top of, you know, their depth scoring, but like, Maybe it is deployment. Maybe they need to, you know, pull McDavid and Joyce out of Black back a little bit. Maybe they need that third piece that really, you know, maybe they have to put Nuge on the third line or, I don't know. It it seems to be very, it's a very problematic situation right now in Edmonton, I think, in terms of how they're going to fix, you know, how they can get back to that, you know, great start that they had at the beginning of the season.
0: Well, I guess I kind of wanna draw back to a question you had. Um, so you were like, hey, they're one big move away. What kind of big move can they have? Like realistically, it's not McDavid. It's not dry right? You're not the return you're back you're gonna get back isn't gonna be enough. Um Hyman's got no movement clause. Keith's got no movement clause. So your two options, I guess, news is yeah, one option.
2: No, but like he just signed the contract. He's not. Being and he also has there. a
0: no movement clause. Sorry, and he also has no movement clause. So your options for a move are three players in my mind. They are Darnell Nurse, which you're not going to get a return back for for it. Miko Koskinen, just looking straight money wise, but no one's going to take that contract. B and last player I have is Tyson Berry. But I don't know how much of a react, how much return he gave with Tyson Berry. Besides that, there's no one to move that will be impactful enough. This is a team that has 900 grand in cap space and corner cap friendly.
1: I wonder if they would... Like, I don't know if this is going to be like this is the year they have to win, but if they feel like, yes, I, we have to win this year, I wonder if they might move Clef Bomb. Like, I know I any return for why. Well, if they're really seriously into like making it like a big move, I feel like Clef Bomb might be that move. Um, He's
0: on LTIR.
1: And I know, which. His, sorry, it, I'm
0: touching here his values are all-time low he doesn't know if he'll play again
1: i know but when you're considering all the other trade chips that you just mentioned who are like very unlikely to be moved i feel like clef bomb is probably like between him and Fogel i think are the two that are most likely to be moved because they're like I see clef bomb being moved for a team that's like looking more into like next year if they wanted to take that bet Like maybe as like a rebuilding team that you know, maybe they're just trying to pick up some picks. Plus, maybe they're trading like a rental player to Edmonton, and then Fogle just because he has cap that they can actually like move someone with some more cap. But I agree with you. It's it would be hard for them to make a move given their cap limitations. But I feel like they need to make a move to you know change something up because like things are going wrong right now for them.
0: I guess my big thing is who would want to get Clef bomb in the sense that you mentioned some good points there, but Clef bombs out for the season. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal. So uh, this rebuilding team is basically getting a rental, right? A one year rental. What are you giving up? You know what I mean? That is, team that gets him is not gonna be paying that much. At the end of the day, that's just, they're just not paying that much. Um, Fogle at 2.75, what kind of actual return of a player are you getting back, right? Like 2.75 doesn't get you that much of a return anymore. It, like, it doesn't give you that much like quality anymore in terms of points wise, right? And we're looking at forwards. I don't know if they can utilize that better, per se. Um, the reason why I brought up Koskinen was stay locks on the team. I don't know how long he's hurt for, he could be hurt for a long, long more time, <laughs> I don't know. I probably should have done my research there. Um, but there's not a lot of movement, right, like, when you start taking out pieces like Fogel, that's when it kind of gets dangerous. Like, I get at the end of the day, part of the issue, the big part problem here is they invested a lot of money on certain players that they probably shouldn't have, right? Like Cassian at three point two for another two years after this, Duncan Keith at five point five after this year as well, Cody CC at three point two five for three more years. Um, I'd say to an extent, Tyson Berry at two more years and four and a half, like players like that. Is the reason why they can't move around,
2: and their dead cap.
0: Yeah, their their dead cap is almost three and a half million, and
2: it's four, I think, right?
0: Is it four? Yeah. I don't know, because but three and a half to four. Lucic. Yeah, that makes a big difference at the point where Jeffrey's like, you know, two point seven five focal is something we can actually move around. Four would be even more if they can move around.
2: Yeah, if you move you know Fogo plus the four it's like that can give you someone who is more impactful like Olsen said like you can't really get guys who are not game changing but like be like you know they they'll be good but they won't be anything amazing for about 2 or 3 they'll be there for you but they won't you know be a i don't know 0.6 of a uh, point kind of player
0: yeah, and like I, honestly, like when you mean impactful, I, th- I think the first thing that comes up is Tuka Rask. <laughs> right? Like, that's the quality of a player you're going to need.
1: Well, I think that, yes, Tuka Rask would be someone that would be interesting for them. The likelihood, probably very, very low. But I mean, I, I think that you look, we're looking at maybe too small. Like, do you think like a oh, rental player who's making 5 million where the other team retains half could be an impact player, right? Like I think you guys were maybe a little bit closed-minded and looking at just 2.75. I feel like you need me creative, right? Yes, it's going to cost you a lot for, you know, retaining and stuff. Maybe we are going to have to give out prospects and stuff and picks. But I think if you're Edmonton right now, you need to dem- like you need to do something to get yourselves out of the funk, whether it's Dave Tibbet or whether it's a trade, I think that you know, th- there's an impactful move that can be made, whether on the bench or on the ice, but I-, I think there is some more movement than we think that they have. Like there's more flexibility than we think that they might have.
0: We shall agree to disagree, but Jeffrey ruined my perfect segue, took a signing his PTO. Have you heard of this guy? I don't know. I've never heard of this Tuka Ras guy signing his PTO. Hopefully this guy, you know, turns out to be something, you know. You always want to hear these players turn out to be something. Have you heard of this Tuka guy? The Tuka? I don't know. Tuka Tuca. I've never heard of him. You guys heard of him?
2: Is the Tuka with a 2 U's or a 1U? You
0: know, I didn't take the time to do that type of research. What do I look like an encyclopedia?
1: Uh I don't know. I I like with Tuka, I feel like it's a PTO, right? Like, we'll see how he plays. I mean, I I think I I think I remember reading something about that he couldn't even get into HL games because you know the pandemic. They had to cancel some of the Providence games as well. But I mean, it, it's it's an interesting thing, right? Like Rask is like, and I don't want to say an icon per se to like Boston, but I think he's someone that everyone, uh loves in that city. Like I don't know if he's a like a retired number type of guy, but he's someone that's kind of revered. Like he's got haters obviously in Boston too. But I I look at this Boston team. Is goaltending their problem or like is Rask more of just like a uh, emotional buy?
0: I mean at the end of the day, he's not gonna be signing a big contract deal. Right? And I feel like he can be a better player than Jeremy Slayman, right? Um, and if that allows them to have a, a backup option, so if either goalie gets hurt, there's someone there. And also, if he plays well, give Linus Allmark the rest he needs for a long playoff run.
1: Um, if you look at the stats right now, Jeremy Swimman has a better GAA and a save percentage than uh, Linus Allmark. So, like, they're, both their goalies are playing well. So, like, do we need... Like, you're not going to carry three goalies, are you? Unless, I guess, because if they do have a taxi squad, having Rask as your third goalie is not the worst thing in the world. So, I can agree with that. But, like, I don't know if... Like if there's no taxi squad, I think it changes the conversation. But if there is a taxi squad, I guess I can now I can understand like Rask, you know, being on a PTO and being your third goalie. So I you know, I'll take back everything I said because I was preparing this conversation in a sense that there were no taxi squads, but uh if there is Tuka Rask, you know, solid.
0: Yeah, I mean like he's I think yeah, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a taxi squad guy, and I think that's perfect. Um I wonder though will they try to delay this like after the PTO so he can play in the Olympics like with the NHL not going to the Olympics right do the does Boston just go look you know our goal is pretty healthy seems like everything's good you want to go play the Olympics with Finland and then come back I mean because he's not under an NHL contract right he's on a PTO and the rule is if you are on an NHL contract you can't go
2: yeah. But let's just say, worst-case scenario, he gets COVID. He's stuck there for, like, six weeks, regardless if he plays or not. And, like, from, I don't know, just from, like, past few years, with the way that Tuca's kind of been, like, leaving the bubble because of his family and everything, I don't think he would go to the Olympics.
1: Yeah, I would agree with Anson there. and I mean, (laughs) like, does like does Rask really want to go type of thing? Um and I don't think Boston will miss him, right? Like, to be honest, they have Swayman and Omar. They can survive. It's not like he's like their number one goalie now. He's gonna be their part of their goalie rotation. So I think Boston would be okay. Uh, I don't know if they want to strengthen this Finland squad per se. Um I guess Team USA is probably gonna ice a college squad I would say plus a couple of guys from the KHL maybe I don't know if the NCAA is still playing right now because uh, I think it's really different right now the pandemic in the US compared to what we see in Canada but yeah, I mean if Raz wants to go uh, I think Boston would let him do what he wants to do
0: so clarify something for me though Uh, are AHL players allowed to go to the Olympics if they have an AHL contract
1: I feel like they would because they're not part of the NHL PA. But if you're like in the AHL on an NHL contract, I feel like you would have to be like loaned to the Olympic team. Like you wouldn't be able to just be like, yes, I'm going. I think like you would have to be loaned is my guess, but I don't think I'm 100% correct.
2: I think it counts the same as like the ELCs where it's like guys like Drysdale can't go because they haven't like they're playing the AHL or something but like they're signed to kind of an AHL contract but but if it's like, a straight AHL I think you're fine but at the same time it's like you gotta get permission from your teams to uh to let you go really.
0: So how wild is it when Owen Power has a world championship gold medal, an Olympic gold medal, before he gets his world junior gold medal.
1: Uh, is is that similar to what Patrice Bergeron did?
0: I don't think Bergeron had a... He, he had a championship, but he didn't have an Olympic gold medal.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean... Yeah I, yeah, I guess that'd be pretty crazy, right? Like, imagining... Well, obviously the circumstances are so different, but like, yeah, getting an Olympic gold medal before you're twenty, I think is well in hockey, okay. But like, um, I, I know in other sports and athletics it's different, but yeah, for in hockey on a Team Canada where you know it's very hard to get into being able to get in there by twenty and winning gold be. Quite ridiculous. And I mean, who knows? What if he <laughs> never wins a World Junior <laughs> because they never restarted? Who knows?
0: Like, like when I'm looking through the names of possible players, like there's still some bigish names that could play for Canada. Right? Like obviously we're gonna look in Canada because we're all Canadians. Um guys like Eric Stahl, David Deharney um throwback for our favorite Blue Jackets fan, Cody Gullibev. Uh Debdubic. You know, there's still gonna be some names. Cole Perfetti, maybe?
1: I think that Team Canada should go the the way the US treats the World Championship and just bring like a almost like a, a junior team with like a couple of veterans. Like that's my because I don't think the CHL is gonna continue for a little bit, so I think this would be a perfect time to really, you know, take some of the younger kids and give them an experience. Like, kind of like what the the Olympics, they do for soccer, right? You think that, you know, Olympic football would be, like, big, uh, big names and everything. But, no, it's really a U23 tournament. So, I wonder if Team Canada is going to treat this as a developmental opportunity since so many, you know, international junior events have been canceled. I wonder if they take that chance and, you know, take, like, a more junior team than, you know, just fringe NHL and AHL players.
2: I think they should, like you said, just like kind of maybe bring as many of the uh, road junior kids as you can and just sprinkle a couple of veterans where, you know, they could help say, let's just say goalie or like a couple of like third, fourth liners or like stall, you know. And then just see what happens because it's like why not first of all and like the other, the other countries as well. Mostly don't have NHL players like the states, or well, like you're gonna see basically the KHL in uh, Team Russia, but for the most part, it's gonna be a level down. So, why not give these guys the opportunity to play on such a big stage?
1: Yeah, I if I'm like Doug Armstrong, I also wonder, like, would they change up the management now that's not NHL players? But I I would agree that. Like, you know, just treat it as, you know, give the young kids, like, a chance to, you know, experience the Olympics. I think, I, I really don't think the CHL is going to be playing much longer. I feel like it's quite low on the totem pole um, in a lot of the governments. And whether they want, you know, if they're going to, like, limit capacity, I feel like it's going to hurt a lot of uh, junior teams to keep playing. So... I, I, I'm i I'm all for, you know, basically just taking the entire world junior squad and going and yeah, putting in probably someone in that I would say is a good point. And like, imagine Eric Stahl, like a guy who was drafted and playing in the NHL before. And he's playing with guys like who weren't even born yet. Like that would be hilarious.
0: Well, I mean, like that, I think that is part of the plan, right? Like if you look at the best available players, some of them are probably the CHL. Um, but at the same time i don't think you want to do completely you know a young group right like like anton mentioned the khl is gonna drop their best players um and you don't want to see your canadian team get spanked by a bunch of grown men in the khl and the shl and other european leagues right
1: yeah fair i mean that's why you need to bring yourself like a it is business nasty Canadian or was he American? I keep forgetting, but like bring in like an Adam crack. to you know, being your like a little, your enforcer. I don't know. Maybe. Yes. Like a, maybe yes. 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 Some freezing <laughs> McLaren If they're still around, you know, protect the young guys, you know, I think they'll be fine. John Scott, you know, did someone just say advocate for a goon squad Olympic team? Yes. So much, yes,
0: <laughs> and I think with that, I think that's a perfect place to end it for this week. Good squad, Olympic team. I'm on board. Um, let's toss it for some final thoughts, and we'll start it with the man with a hundred great ideas. This episode, well, what the best idea I've heard in a long time, Jeffrey.
1: I'm just trying to think who I would nominate to be the captain for the Team Canada Olympic Goon Squad. Like, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, like, I'm just thinking about those old, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs teams when they had their own Goon Squad, but I feel like John Scott would be, like, the perfect captain. You know, he's got captain experience from, you know, leading an all-star team, so I think he would be a perfect fit for our Team Canada Olympic Goon Squad. Um, in terms of final thoughts, you know, a little bit shorter episode this week, but I feel like, you know, we got some uh, pretty good discussions here. Uh, but, um, you know, let's, you know, for the first time, I'm going to be the optimistic one, you know, stay safe. You know, things are going to pass hopefully very soon. You know, it looks like it's, you know, we've got dark days to come, but, you know, there there, there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, keep staying safe, you know, uh, make sure you, you know, physically distance when you can, you know, uh, check in on one another, make sure everyone's doing okay. And, you know, make sure you take care of yourself as well. And I'll pass it over to uh, Alson.
0: Um, I've never been more proud of Jeffrey than I was this episode. Um, wash your damn hands. We're going to go back to the old school message. Watch your, wash your damn hands. Y'all are gross, just like me. <laughs> everyone's gross. So wash your hands. Um, love y'all. And, um, yeah, Anson? Oh, sorry, one last thing. Zedano Char for All Star. Still living with that.
2: It's always Char for you. Oh, yeah. I think they should bring uh, Ron Hextall back as the goalie for the Canadian Goon squad. Just to uh, bring all time goons and then just like a couple of world Juniors where, you know, you can't touch them. If you do, we're going to ruin your day. But, uh, yeah.
1: Do you mean Team Grit on Chell?
2: No, I mean Team Canada Grit. But has all that. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bank Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.